start where you're comfortable because the first deal is always the hardest. And if you start going out thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a hundred unit deal and I'm going to make a million dollars and your subconscious isn't ready for that, you won't do that deal. Your subconscious is going to sabotage you. You'll never get started. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, David Lindell. David is joining us from Boston, Massachusetts. He's the founder of Real Estate Mentor in the Lindell Group. The Lindell Group invests in multifamily, office, retail, and hotels. David has been investing in real estate since 1996 and has been teaching since 2002. David, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Thanks, Ash. Everything's great. How are you? Wonderful. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Uh, we're still doing a lot of multifamily. We've owned and controlled over 9,000 units through the years. So right now we're in the one-off market. We're waiting for this market to change so we can start going back into the emerging markets. Like everybody else, we're still waiting to see which ones are going to emerge first. We have our ideas, but we have our signals as well. And I like retail. And I also like office, especially now where COVID has ravaged it. There's some good opportunities there. Tell me more about the emerging markets. Which ones recover first well, or emerging new ones market, to pop markets up? That have the fastest appreciation. Multifamily properties, we make our money in appreciation. And we realize life changes through the cash flow that we get from buying them. So we're looking for markets that are appreciating faster so we can create more wealth and value faster. And in doing that, we're looking for markets that have a year-over-year job growth of 2% or more, year-over-year household formation of 2% or more. That's been my MO for years. And then as I got good at it, I started realizing that I look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and I get the growth rates for these markets. And I started looking at markets that were in a down phase and then it had started, the job growth had started to rise about 0.75%. And I thought, well, if I can get in earlier than the 2%, because I know a lot of national investors look at that 2% year over year for both of those statistics. So I thought, if I can get it in at just under 1%, but with the right combination of things happening at the Economic Development Committee, then I'm in earlier than everybody else, and I'm getting better deals faster and with less competition. So what I'll do is I'll look at primary or secondary markets, sometimes tertiary markets, but in a new trend or a new cycle going up primary or secondary. And if I see the 1% year-over-year job growth, then I call over to the Economic Development Committee of that particular area, and I ask some key questions like, what are you doing to bring in the jobs? And they're typically doing one of four things. They're either giving away free money in terms of grants. They're giving away free land for companies to come build on. They're giving away low-interest loans for people to come in and build their companies, or they're giving away tax abatements. So those are the key typical incentives that bring companies into new markets gets them to move from where they are. So if they're doing one of those things, great. If they're doing a combination of those things, even better. So we listen to that. And then the next most important question is, what do you think of the leadership 
how is the leadership of your community? Is it good? Is it bad? Are you indifferent? And we want to hear, oh, it's strong. It's good. It's new. It's fresh. They got these great ideas. They're really looking to move the city in a new direction. That's what we're looking for. And when we can get all those things together, now we've got a market that we place in our bucket that says, look at this market. As we're looking at other markets and putting more and more in those buckets, we try to pick the best one in the bucket, but that's how they get into the bucket. Are you at the county level or the city level when you speak with economic development committees it's typically the city level we go into primary secondary cities okay and then retail and office tell me more so in retail and office the opportunity now in the space is because it got ravaged because of covid and nobody was working there's a dichotomy right now especially with office in the sense that yes they think that a lot more people are going to be working from home so therefore they're not going to need the space But at the same time, you've got a lot more people that are maybe reluctant to go into an office that has a lot of people there. So they're going to need more space per person, which is going to be more than it used to be. So in terms of the office space, we're looking at the types of companies that are in that space when they're doing the lease audit to determine whether or not this is a type of company that's going to need space in the future or will it be able to work from home. We're taking the lease audit. We're determining whether or not they're actually going to renew are they have enough people working from back? And that lease audit is not just a lease audit. It's an interview with all of the tenants as well. On the retail side, we've been doing this even before COVID, is we're looking for retail spaces that you can't buy things on the internet. Certainly anchored by a grocery because people, they're buying groceries off of the internet, but they're getting them from those anchor tenants like Whole Foods or Kroger's or all that stuff. So a good anchor. And then we're looking for rentals, yoga, things that you cannot buy on the internet as tenants. When you get that combination, you've got a good retail space. We actually just sold the retail space during COVID and got our investors a three X on their money in two and a half years. That's a win. That was a big win. Yeah. yeah. Which David, like that. When you look at office buildings, the lease audit, is that part of your due diligence? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then is there a particular type of office building that you're looking at high rise, mid rise, low rise, in an office park setting, standalone suburban? Right now, we're focused on single-story office complexes that have their own entrances. Those are the things that are the safer investments in this particular space. We've got a nice one down in Charlotte on the south side of the city. So when they have their own entrances, people don't have to congregate in the hallways and the elevators. So that's really what the focus is on right now for office. But it's also a story, too. We're looking at, it's actually a $60 million deal in Denver, it is the primary spot in a Denver submarket. It's got a great location. It's got a great story. It's got great tenants. So even though it doesn't fit the bill of a single-story office building and people have to go up and down with the elevators and all that, it still has a good story behind it. So in real estate, we look at the bones and we look at the story. What's the story behind that one? It's the tenants. It's the quality of the tenants and the fact that the employees are either returning post-COVID and we were not completely post-COVID yet, or the fact that they're going to keep that space moving forward. Um, If you look at a giant office park in a suburban area, 15, 20, six, seven story office buildings, most of them are vacant or under leased. Is there anything attractive about those if you can get them at the right price? No. (laughs) Just stay away. That's not my specialty. I've owned close to 9,000 multifamily units, probably a million square feet in office. So that's not what we're going after primarily is office. If that was my forte, I may find some sort of a formula that could make those work. 
But if we talk about a thousand unit multifamily portfolio, I could give you some ideas of what I'm looking for there. All right, let's talk about multifamily. Where are you buying now? Right now, we're looking at spots like Las Vegas. So we're looking at Orlando. And these are markets where the tourists stopped coming. They lost their jobs, but now people are moving again. The jobs are coming back and we're getting some good deals there. You achieved a 3x return for your investors in a very short time in retail. Why not chase more retail versus multifamily? We still chase retail. Those deals aren't out there every day, but we're looking. I've got a great partner. He used to work for one of the larger companies that take over distressed properties for the commercial lenders. He's done over 50 billion in commercial. He's got teams all over the different markets throughout the U.S. So he's constantly looking for deals and bringing them together. And when they're right, we do them. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Would you stray from a grocery anchor to a non-anchored strip mall in a suburban area that still has service-related businesses? Or is your criteria really strict in that? It's service-related businesses. That's what we're looking for. We don't really need that anchor, but okay. it's type of tenant base that we're looking for. Okay. And you've got a long career in teaching. How did that get started? Well, I started back in 1996. I left the rock and roll band. I started a landscaping company. I wanted a better life. I was tired of being broke. I got Carlson Sheets course, how to buy real estate. I didn't do anything the first time I got it, but they had the new and improved edition and I got that. One of the things it said in there was go to your local real estate investment group and notice that there are people that look like you, talk like you, act like you, and we're broke just like you, but now they're doing real estate and they're doing well. And if they can do it, you can do it. And I did. And I was like, wow, if they can do it, I can do it too. And then I started an interview with uh, Harry Helmsley from New York City, who started buying and selling multifamily properties, started with nothing, started buying multifamily properties, and ended up owning the Empire State Building. And the biographer said, Harry, what is it about apartment buildings that got you going? Harry said, 
I always liked the idea that a group of people would pool their money together and give it to me to pay my mortgage off. They pay the mortgage every month to pay for maintenance guys, to swing hammers, take out trash, clean toilets, to pay for management companies, to take the tenants' phone calls and collect their rents. And they give me so much money that at the end of the month, I can pay all those people and then have extra money left over for me that I can reinvest, put into a savings account, or just go out and have a bunch of fun with. And I thought, man, if that's true, I want in. And I come to find out there was nobody out there teaching how to do this at the time. But there were a couple of guys in my group that were, that were doing it. And they were very successful. Everybody else told me, like my father, that tenants are going to trash your place and they're not going to pay you rent. And you're going to get foreclosed on. And so I was nervous, but I was talking to these guys. I started bird dogging for them and I started realizing what a good deal was, but I was afraid to buy my first good deal. And then nine months later, I did. Within three months, I had three more. Within six, I had nine. Within the first year, I had 11 deals. Within the first three years, I had 40. But that was all three to six unit properties. I was afraid to buy anything bigger. Then I started learning about emerging markets about second year in, always a student, and uh, realized that I was going to lose my equity if I didn't either put it in cash or move it to another market that was emerging. And I learned about job growth and household formations and all that. I learned about Montgomery, Alabama. That was my first market. They were building a Kia plant, bringing 5,000 new jobs there. Every job that comes in has a multiplier effect in every market, some bigger, some smaller. Montgomery was smaller. It was a multiplier of three. I've been in Huntsville, Alabama for years. That has a multiplier of 11. The service people, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker that come in after that. So I go in Montgomery. The thing that Montgomery had is they had a barrier to entry. It's surrounded by floodplains. Supply was going to remain the same. Demand was going to go up. Had a multiplier of three, 20,000 new jobs coming into this marketplace. Boom, that market took off. So I went from Montgomery, bought a couple of deals there to Jackson, Mississippi. I went from a 40 unit, an 80 unit to a 350 unit. Started buying in Huntsville, and then I was in Texarkana, Texas. And to answer your question, in Texarkana, Texas, I was sitting there at a restaurant bar eating, and the guy next to me says, I can tell you're not from around here with that accent. And I said, nope, I'm from Boston. He says, well, what are you doing in Texarkana? I said, oh, I'm buying real estate, multifamily. He said, oh, why here? And I started explaining to him about job growth and household formations and all that. And he said, I'm a writer for Kipling Juice. Can I do an article on you? And I said, yes, because I was in a rock and roll band for six years. And I created quite a reputation for myself. My father kept telling me, you invest in real estate, you're going down, Dave, you're going down. So much so that I was afraid to do it. I had to stop talking to him about it. And I would have dinner with him every Monday night. But I knew my father read Kiplinger's. And when this guy said he was from Kiplinger's magazine and he wanted to put me in the magazine, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I actually handed that magazine to my father. And I said, hey, take a look at page 24, dad. His draw just dropped. So a month later, I got a call from Wiley's from New York. And they said, hey, we read the article on Kiplinger's. Would you like to write a book about that? So I wrote Emerging Real Estate Markets. I was so busy at the time. I really didn't have time to do it. I'm a morning person. I usually wake up at five. I decided I would wake up at four, do an hour of typing. It took me four months to write that book. That became number one for two years. Then they asked me to write a second one, Multifamily Millions. I did. That was number one for a long time. Still an essential book for anybody in multifamily. And from there, so many people from those books started calling and saying, can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I was like, okay, I started a teaching business. That's how it started. (laughs) Great story. What kind of returns are you seeing now in multifamily? Well, it all depends on the value adds that you get. We always teach to buy properties in an emerging market with a value add. So therefore, you can force the appreciation on the market, but also ride the appreciation wave that the emerging market has too. So I can tell you what I see other people getting, and they're getting returns that are unrealistically low. And I see people that are working just for fees instead of splitting revenues with their investors. And it's very concerning because these markets change. It's a really tight market right now. There's a lot of competition for deals. And when you start going that low on your returns, 
it's not a good thing. I can tell you what I typically go for, and that's a capitalization rate of eight plus a cash on cash return of 12 plus and a debt coverage ratio of 1.6. And what that does, that's a conservative formula, but it allows me to give my investors an eight plus cash on cash return. And I know that's what they're looking for to get into my deals. And I can at least carve out 25% of that deal for me. I can get the acquisition fee. I can get the 25% of the cash flow and 25% of the disposition fee, not put any of my own money in. The better those ratios or the better the value add. And when I say value add, it's like a small problem with the property. Maybe the rents are low. Maybe the occupancy is low. Maybe the expenses are a little bit higher. The three top value adds. And so we go in there and we fix those. So we get extra bump on those. So with better numbers, I can get a better ratio of my equity in the deals. Do you also renovate the properties as well? Do we renovate? Yeah. But let me just finish that point. So people, especially students or other investors will say to me, we're in a really tight market. Have you changed your ratios? I'm like, no, we never change our ratios. It's like, well, how are you getting deals? You get your deals from your relationships that you build because, as you know, this is a relationship business. The better your relationships, the better quality deals you're going to get. And most of the deals you get are typically pocket deals. Maybe you're not the only one they give that pocket deal to, but if you're one of three or four or five, at least you're getting an opportunity to see these deals before other people do. So build the relationships, build the relationships, build the relationships. I'm sorry, what was your question? No, you answered it. It was about renovations. Just let me go a little bit deeper on that yep. one. So with value adds, we're looking to do slight renovations on a property. We like to buy properties that are momentum place, properties that cash flow closing. Now, if we're looking to do a renovation on a property and change a tenant profile, we're typically buying properties below 85% equilibrium. And those properties are called repositionings. So once they drop below 85%, it's called equilibrium because you cannot get good conventional financing below 85%. You've got to go for bridge or mezzanine. So typically this property has a problem and it's got a stigma now. It's gone below 85%. The tenants aren't happy. Something, there's a problem there. You need to come in, fix the problem. Well, the first question is, can I fix this problem? Can I identify the problem? The second question is, can I fix this problem? And those two are yes. Then you figure out how fast you can get to break even. What you're going to need to do. Typically, you need to change the tenant profile and you need to do some rehabs on the property. The repositionings are the riskiest types of deals you can do, but they can be the most profitable type of deal you can do if you do them right. Do you have different profiles of investors that want to invest in multifamily versus retail, hotels, office? Yes. I can answer that question in a couple of different ways. First of all, I've got investors that only want to invest in multifamily or only want to invest in hotel or only want to invest in assisted living. And I also have investors that are investing in those asset classes that have different needs. Some of them don't need cash flow right now. They don't want it because of taxes. Some of them don't need the equity right now. They need the cash flow. So basically we talk to the investors, we find out what their needs are, and then we make different structures inside of the deals to meet the investor needs. On the same deal, you can have multiple levels of investors where some get cash flow, some are in for the long term. Yes. Interesting. That's great. Do you do any education to your investors about the tax benefits? Because I know a lot of people out there want to get a return on their money but they don't always understand all the benefits about investing in real estate and those negative K-1s. You know what? That's a good point. We don't teach you that on Multifamily Millions Bootcamp, but we do have another event called Private Money. In that, we talk about how to structure your deals. So I guess we cover it in the deal structuring section. So that's for the actual syndicator. What about for the investor? Oh, for the investor, like if you or I were going to buy a property all by ourselves? If I was going to invest with you, David, would you? Tell me about the tax benefits of investing in real yeah, estate. I primarily focus on depreciation, the benefits that you're going to get from depreciation. We'll both share on the depreciation of the property, and that's a big tax benefit. And do most people understand that? 
the people that have been in the game do. The newer people may not, but it's not a difficult concept to teach. Okay. I ask that because a lot of these doctors that I know, they're all in for the returns, but they don't understand what they can do with these negative K-1s, especially if the spouse doesn't work or if they don't work and they can claim real estate tax professional status. It's a game changer for somebody that can utilize that. Yeah, well, they changed those laws. Tax Reform Act, I think, of 1986, because all of those doctors were buying into real estate investments that weren't making any money so they could take all the tax benefits. And then they changed the rules, and you can still do that. You just can't do it to the extent. But investing in real estate is the primary equalizer when you have income coming in from other sources. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid, find the perfect tenant with the built-in screening and listing service, and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part? Rent Ready is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. Rent Ready is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And Rent Ready has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks at rentready.com when you use our special code bestever that's r e n t r e d i.com with the code b e s t e v e r at rentready.com to get rent ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks did you know that credit checks miss 85% of the information landlords and property managers need to verify new tenants that's a problem. The solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a platform that allows you to instantly access prospective tenants' financial information and compiles it all into a quick and easy-to-read report to help you select the highest quality tenants. You can access income, payroll, past rent payments, non-sufficient funds, and overdraft history all in one place. Rentify's reports instantly verify the full financial picture of the tenant so there's no chance of being duped with false information. No one likes to be duped. And the best part is that you can have it all at your fingertips in as little as five minutes. Go check out Rentify at TrustRentify.com and stop wasting time and start fast-tracking the tenant screening process with confidence and ease. With Rentify, you'll no longer have to waste hours or even days collecting all the information you need to verify a tenant which makes life easier for you and your applicants. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first purchase. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com and put in the promo code FAIRLESS. That's my last name, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first purchase. David, is there an example that you've lost money on and what was a hard lesson learned on that? Yeah, I bought a 400-unit property in Huntsville. It was my first deal in Huntsville. It was my fifth deal in emerging markets. 
And I had done 800 smaller deals prior to that. And I thought, well, this is 400 unit rehab. I was buying it at 43% occupancy. And I thought this won't be difficult. Take me a couple of years, make three or $4 million profit. And boy, I didn't know what I didn't know there. First of all, I didn't know that 43% occupancy meant that only about 30% of the people were actually paying. Another big factor that I didn't know is that of those 30%, it was going to drop to another 20% before it was going to start going back up again. And then in terms of the rehab and how to do it and, and the progression of it and that size property, I didn't know that. That was a six-year project and I broke even. That sucked, as we say up here in New England. Did you just anticipate that occupancy would go up and rents would go up in yeah. your pro forma? Yeah. It wasn't so much the rents. I just assumed that I was going to be able to start banging up this rehab. And then I was going to be filling those units. And as I filled those units, yes, the rents would be increasing as well. That had to have been a hard, long six years. Oh, my God. It was 2006 to 2012. Yep. I'm so glad that project is behind me. David, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best real estate investing advice ever would be go bigger, faster. But I know the best real estate advice I would give is to start where you're comfortable because the first deal is always the hardest. And if you start going out thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a hundred unit deal and I'm going to make a million dollars and your subconscious isn't ready for that, you won't do that deal. Your subconscious is going to sabotage you. You'll never get started. So from teaching for the last 19 years, I've realized that to teach doesn't matter where you get started, get started where you're comfortable. And then after that, you'll just, you'll blossom, you'll take off. And is it okay for somebody to start with a hundred unit property? Oh yeah. As long as you're educated and you have that mindset. We've had so many people come out of multifamily millions bootcamp. It reminds me of uh, Mike Flaherty in 2009. He came to us and he just declared bankruptcy from the 2008 financial crisis, had just gotten married, had a baby on the way, wasn't sure what he was going to do, came to the bootcamp, went out and did his first deal with 240 units, but he got 311,000 at the closing through a repair allowance and an acquisition fee, which he learned at the bootcamp. And then he split $4,000 a month cash flow. So he had reset himself to move forward. And I mentioned his name because now in 2021, he's going to come to our ultimate partnering event and tell everybody how he did a billion dollars in transactions during that time frame. That is great. So the people that go through the multifamily bootcamp, what is one trait that will determine whether they succeed or not? It's their ability to set their mind up properly. Most people have limiting beliefs. Most people are their own self-sabotages. And this is one of the things we teach at the event is you've got to set your mind up before you set your business up. You set your mind up for success, your business will be a success. And what is the trait most likely lead to people not pulling the trigger and moving forward? It's fear. Everybody has limiting beliefs, usually from their childhood. Okay. So what you've got to do is you've got to learn how to identify those limiting beliefs, and then break through them. There's a great book out there called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Murphy. That's an awesome book if anybody wants to control your mind instead of your mind control you. So that's it. That's the basis of it. And then if you want to talk about what's the most important trait once leaving boot camp or being in boot camp, it's underwriting. You have to understand what a good deal looks like. Because if you don't, number one, you get into a bad deal, and that won't be great because you could get kicked out of the game. Number one. Number two... If you bring that deal to investors and the investors give you money for the deal and the deal doesn't work out because you didn't underwrite it properly, that's no good. And number three, if you now understand how to do the larger deals and you have the mindset to do larger deals, but right now you're broke and you don't qualify to do those and you need a sponsor, you go to the sponsor with bad underwriting, they're going to look at you as like, all right, great, get out of here. Next. Come back. David, how does somebody go about finding investors if they don't have a lot of high net worth friends? 
Well, you can target business groups, business associations. These people meet and the whole idea is to help each other grow each other's businesses and identify different opportunities. But one of the things I discovered is I used to ask for money at the very beginning and then realized that asking for money, I hated that. I'm an introvert. And then I realized that you don't ask for money. You just talk about the opportunities that are out there, you know, what you do. And this is in social situations and in those business groups. You just wait for this one question. And that is, what do you do? But when they say, what do you do? You say, oh, I invest in emerging real estate markets. And they're like, what? Tell me more. Yeah, and they ask you to explain it. And if they're not interested, they'll opt out and ask you other questions. And if they are interested, they'll start giving you their objections to investing and see how you handle those objections. And if you handle the objections and they're still interested and they take you down this path, they will actually tell you, hey, if you get another deal, I'd be interested in being an investor. Do you take investors? They actually close themselves. Instead of giving them a spiel, you give a spiel when you're in the front of a room, but when you're one-on-one with somebody, let them ask you the question. Wait for that softball question. What do you do? And then let them close themselves. That is great advice. David, are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah. Let's do it. David, what's the best ever book you recently read? Joe Dispenza, Superhuman. And what was your big takeaway from that book? That there's a quantum field out there. If you meditate deep enough and you give out the right vibrations, that you can have whatever you want in life. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Oh, we give back in so many different ways. I grew up broke and poor and I wanted to give back to my family. And we were able to do that. And now we're giving back to wounded warriors. We send straws constantly over to the Sudan so they can have clean drinking water. I like giving back silently, actually. The best way of giving back for me is giving to somebody and nobody knowing about it, but yet helping somebody out dramatically. And David, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Well, two ways. we got a big event coming up, Ultimate Partnering. You can go to ultimatepartnering.com. It's October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. If you're a multifamily investor, this is where you'll find 1,000, 1,500 people in a room. You'll find money partners there, business partners there. We've had so many great stories come out of how people found each other and doing X amount of deals. We had one group, they're now called the Quantro Group. You may have interviewed them before, but they met at the last Ultimate Partnering event in 2019, didn't have one last year, and have since did 14 deals during COVID. Incredible. But they put the right team together, and they all met there at that particular event. So the education is great, but it's really all about the networking. And then number two, you can certainly go to REMentor, as in realestatementor.com, and we have a five-video mini course you could get emailed on, and then we'll send you our onboarding information and go from there. David, thank you for being on the show today and sharing your experience from wanting to be a rock star way back when to going into landscaping and then the Carlton Sheets course, readjusting your mind and all the success that you've achieved now, teaching us about emerging markets as well. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and lessons learned. Best ever listeners. I still fantasize about being a rock star. (laughs) Make it happen. (laughs) Are you still playing? Yeah, I play guitar. Awesome. Well, David, thank you again. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.